Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast at Return to Play Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a follow, give us a like, review us on Apple Podcasts, give us some money. I don't know. Anyway, I'm Steve Navarra, Grande Steve. I'm an athletic trainer, soon to be occupational therapist. I got to take my test here in like three weeks. And I'm just an overall slime ball. So let's get right into it. I'm going to the Steelers Panthers game tomorrow night. And I got a hot pick for that game at the end of the uh, podcast here in our gambling section. And also during this Steelers Panthers game, going to be with my friend and my wife and i also have to do two fucking fantasy drafts during the game one is starting at 6 30 so right when i'm going to be hitting that pre-game stride and then i have to walk over to the stadium while drafting and then find my seat get in the seat try to get in tune to the game the game's going to be starting and I'm going to have to be – this is my big redraft here, the trophy I most – well, I covet I covet the league Danny and I are in because I've never won it and I've come in second like nine times. But this is also a coveted trophy I'm after. And damn it, now I have some adversity in my face, but you know what? That's what August is all about. I will persevere, don't you worry. I do have the one pick, so being on the turn there really does help this situation. Anyway, enough about me. Danny, you know, the other guy on the podcast who never gets to introduce himself because I'm still getting used to this. Uh, Danny, how are you? I'm great. No worries. Steve's a great rambler. Uh, yeah, we're redoing some credentials here on EP4. I'm Danny. I'm a physical therapist. I have my doctorate in physical therapy. Um, football fanatic, which my wife hates, but I wake up. On Saturdays, I watch college game day at 9 in the morning, and I watch college football until the West Coast, West Coast games close at 2, and go to bed, wake up on Sunday, do it all again. And uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a slime ball as well. Love, <laughs> love football, love fantasy football, and uh, shout out, Shout out to our wives. <laughs> what uh, a time to be alive. Yeah, they're both great for putting up with us for five, six. Now it's basically seven months since we're doing this. And I'm never going to stop watching football though. And I said that to her, the the moment we started dating, started talking, I said, listen, if you're marrying me, you're marrying someone who is going to watch football and bet on football every week. <laughs> I just, there's no other way around it. And, and so I appreciate you putting up with me. I love you. I just have to reiterate that I also love my wife, but yeah, let's get into it. All right, let's get into the NFL injury news. Just a couple things here. Travis Etienne, obviously you've heard he's out for the year with a Liz Frank, a Liz Frank, a Liz Frank injury. Uh, he got sur- ended up getting surgery on it, but his x-rays were negative. So to explain that, he has a... Mid the the Liz Frank injury covers the midfoot, and so if you kind of put your foot into the ground and press your heel up like a heel raise, all of that arch that your foot makes, there's like what eight, twelve little bones in there. They're all connected by ligaments to your toes and to your ankle. It's a pretty fragile place, and then you have one 
big ligament called the spring ligament uh, in layman's terms, and that kind of supports the entire arch of your foot. So since his x-rays were negative, we know none of those bones were broken. So it was definitely damage to the ligaments to some degree. We don't know how much. So the why why he had to get surgery was to prevent long-term arthritis because all of those little bones are covered by cartilage. And so that cartilage will wear down over time because of that injury, especially when you're doing repetitive use in football. Those cartilages break down, you get arthritis way before you should be getting it. And then two, those ligaments will definitely heal better and stronger if they are surgically reattached rather than to just let them heal on their own because the foot's far away from the heart. It's hard to get healing agents down there with the blood flow. One and two, that if it was that spring ligament that was damaged, that's so crucial for just pushing off of the ground and taking a stride forward, which is a big part of his football career. So that surgery is a long recovery. There's no point in trying to rush him back for the Jags aren't trying to make the playoffs, really. Uh, They would be very lucky to do so. So they're not going to try to force him back to play the last three weeks of the season. It all just makes sense. And it's great for me because before that, I was getting James Robinson in like the 11th, 12th round, and I have 38% exposure to him in best ball. Uh, Danny, how's how's your fantasy going? Yeah, not so great. I uh, not Generally, I steer clear of uh, rookie running backs, rookie running backs and receivers, unless it's, you know, a Saquon Barkley or a Ezekiel Elliott, someone you know Najee is going to come in. And not, right, yeah, those ones are okay because you know they're going to get the load, but normally I stay away from them. Uh, ETN, <laughs> I drafted Sunday. ETN fell to me. He was way below ADP. I think it was like the seventh or eighth round. Didn't like anybody else up there. I was like, fuck it, I'll just, you know, take a flyer here. And the very next day, he's out for season. But, uh, yeah, I think I think you nailed it. The uh, Jaguars know that they're not. This is, you know, this is a see who you got and who's gonna who you're going to build your team around here. They're not competing. So, you know, d- definitely have to shut them down and focus on the long term. Uh, I had some people text me this week, you know, asking, you know, how's he out for the season? It's just a little foot injury. Why can't he play through it? But, you know, the, like, like Steve was touching on that arch of your foot is, is very important for athleticism, for your explosiveness. Uh, it kind of acts as a spring for your shock absorption when you're, when you're planting on that leg and the, the explosiveness of pushing off of it. So it's, I mean, this is the injury that derailed Des Bryant's career. So, you know, it's very serious if not uh, properly taken care of and properly healed up. So Jaguars did the right thing, shut them down for the year. Um, A fantasy team is kind of hosed, though. I took I took Michael Thomas the very next round, too, on a a, took a took a chance on him. So I'm going to have to play on the waiver wire. (laughs) I hope the Jaguars and I'm sure they will, but you never know. I hope they check his gait and and do gait therapy with him because that's you have to pretty much learn how to walk again with with a reattached ligament that literally does 80% of your stride or i don't know 60 70% of your stride all right so that's that's the ETN news 
The other piece of news here, Jets linebacker Jared Davis out till week six with an ankle injury. Their front seven is definitely weakened now, especially with Carl Lawson out for the year. So they've got two guys out for the first third of the season and in that front seven. So teams are going to probably attack the run against that, throw little short passes over the middle if that is a hole in the defense, if that comes out on film that they don't have another guy to replace that talent. So with that, teams are going to chew up the clock against them. I think that's going to force Zach Wilson to have to throw the ball more, especially in the second half. So a rookie quarterback who's now going to probably have less possessions per game because of the defense and be on the field less because the defense will be out there more so. I think that hurts rookie quarterback Zach Wilson a little bit. So I would downgrade the running backs in the Jets offense. I I'm, I haven't touched a single Jets player in any of this best ball. Um, that might come back to bite me, but I don't see anybody on the Jets finishing top 12 at running back or wide receiver. And I'd be hard pressed to think Zach Wilson's going to finish top 10 in quarterback. So there, I, I, I would take though, if I was going to, if the, the position was right, I would take one of their late round wide receivers. They have a handful of guys there that I think are all going to get a lot of touches because they're going to have to throw the ball more. So if you are going to target some jets guys, I'd go after those wide receivers in the later rounds. Uh, anything to add, Danny? Yeah, just to, just to touch on that, I think I, I, I steer clear of Jets players anyways because it's the Jets, but I think Crowder or uh, Michael Carter, the rookie, are okay picks. If I, I mean, don't reach on them, but if they fall to you, if you're you know below ADP and they're there, I, I don't mind taking them, but... Yeah, everything is going to be so inconsistent. But as a late-round flyer, I think you you could have some potential with those two. Salah is like 20 to 1 to win coach of the coach of the year. I think I think Bill Belichick's kind of like should be the favorite for that because if Mac Jones ends up coming in and being a stud and they go win 8-9 games even I guess they'd have to make the playoffs for for Bill to win Coach of the Year, but I think they could. They have the defense to support. Uh, Cam, well, they have the defense to support Mac Jones at this point. I don't think Cam's gonna see the playoffs again. So, anything else? Uh we'll we'll see how the quarterback situation goes. There, I saw a stat today. Uh, in his entire career, Bill Belichick started a rookie quarterback zero times so we'll see how that plays out um i think i do think mac jones uh, unless cam has them in playoff position yeah i think mac jones is the starter by the end of the year but we'll see cam newton's too busy getting working on his own uh language and being a weirdo and not reporting and messing up a whole COVID situation. They they made it sound like it was his fault. Who knows whose fault it was as to why he didn't get tested at the proper site. But it, I just don't believe in, in Cam anymore, I guess. he. I think he could have some good games this year, but I, I don't see him being like the Cam he once was again. 
Yeah, he got banged up too many times. He's not quite as explosive as he was. I mean, he's so he's still big and athletic enough. Where he when he is starting, he'll have some fantasy value. But yeah, he's not going to lead you. He he's not the fifteen and one MVP Carolina Panthers cam anymore. I'd probably take some flyers on him with some DFS if he does start the first couple of weeks because he he could have a nice production and I'm sure he'll be cheap on DFS, but we'll yeah. see. He's always going to get goal line carries and touchdowns just being I – mean, he's, he's a goal line back that plays quarterback pretty much. I just don't think he's – if you lo- he lost his accuracy last year like completely, I don't know how you just get that back. I don't know. I don't I know if the accuracy was ever there. I think he, was just, <laughs> he was just such a threat as a runner that, I mean, it's like Lamar Jackson. You you send eight people just to contain him, somebody's going to get open. True. Speaking of Lamar Jackson, he said that, nah, people ain't figuring me out yet this year. And I don't know. I <laughs> That one day I saw him at practice, I'm basing everything else this season off of that one practice I sat in and he was just throwing – lame ducks all over the field and and picks he was he just looked bad and so that one day of practice pretty much has me set on him it, it's just fuck the ravens basically i mean I just, you know everyone in the afc north can get it so yeah anything yeah lamar i mean yeah, I agree. Fuck the Ravens. They, I love Lamar Jackson. I, I, I can't I help but root for him. But no, I want. I, I hate the Ravens. I mean, the AFC North always just drafts my favorite college players. You got Lamar Jackson and Trace McSorley on the fucking Ravens. <laughs> but the, it, once he once he lose once Lamar Jackson loses a step, he's gonna disappear quickly just because his his accuracy isn't there. I hate to I hate to say that because I do love the guy, but. When he's when he's not when he gets contained as a run. I mean, you see when the Steelers knock him around a little bit, his stats against the Steelers are poor. Oh, when he go, picks. if he's Are, gonna get rushed, he's gonna throw inaccurately. So they just they just hit him every every time they run that read option. Even if he doesn't have the ball, they hit him, and that's how you how you slow him down. I, they're gonna they're gonna the offense. I think should run through J.K. Dobbins though. If if I'm the Ravens, that would be my game theory, is feed Dobbins, let make the defense respect the run, and then, boom, you can get a quick pass because they're going to be setting up for the run. Uh, whatever. Fuck the Ravens. The, Ra- the Ravens are explosive enough. They're, gonna, they're all going to have fantasy value because they always yeah. dominate in the regular season. Once they get to the playoffs where teams can contain Lamar, it all gets shut down. Yeah, I think we talked enough about them. And that wraps up NFL injury news. All right, now time for heating pad or ice pack. We need some sound effects on after both of those. We have nothing so far. We need to, we need an intro and we need sound effects. All right, so uh, first on the list, Daryl Henderson ran, running back for the Rams. He sprained his thumb on Monday. He should be fine in... Sprained thumb for a ball carrier. I'd imagine he's practicing next week and he'd be back in full team reps the week before the game. So he'll get a full week of practice and then the game week of practice, I believe. 
uh, Sean McVay said today that Daryl Henderson will have play a big role in the offense this year. Uh, so easy heating pad for me. What about you, Danny? I'm an ice pack on Henderson. Um, I think with the Sony Michelle trade, that tells you that despite what Sean McVay is saying, they aren't fully committed to him. I think that Sony Michelle is the better runner. He was a productive runner in New England. He just fell out of favor from being he's just bad in the pass game, and New England loves throwing to their running backs. So obviously he just wasn't a great fit. I think uh, I I just think as the season goes on, Sony Michelle is going to get get more of the bulk um and michelle's going undrafted in leagues right now so i, I like him as a when etn went down I'm, i picked up sony so just we'll see what happens with that um so i'm i'm pretty ice pack on henderson i wouldn't reach for him and especially when you can get michelle in the last round yeah so far in best ball i've gotten henderson basically for free as like my fifth running back and i think since it is a copycat league, I could see them trying to do the one-two punch like the Browns have and a couple other teams have and let Henderson. Henderson might get, you know, 60, 70% of the carries, but Sony might get some more red zone looks. So we'll see how that plays out. I do think to start the season, though, uh, Daryl Henderson is the number one running back. And by midseason, Sony Michelle will probably be closer to 40%. That's my my estimate. Next, uh, Sammy Watkins, undisclosed injury. Uh, Harbaugh said today he is resting to deal with normal camp things. Whatever the fuck things are, great great to let us know, Jim or John. Um, <laughs> and... W- so he has had injuries in the past. He had the calf injury last year. So I, I definitely see why they're resting him. Obviously, he has something going on, though. You don't just sit out two weeks completely for everyone's dealing with normal camp things, Harbaugh. What are you talking about? He obviously has a gr- – I did read groin somewhere initially. So he probably does have a strained groin. And like I've said before, you shouldn't run rush back from those things. But I definitely don't think it's just – a a normal camp wear and tear thing. So, you know, who are the pass catchers in Baltimore? They've got the rookie. um, What's his name? Bateman. And then Sammy Watkins is listed as the number two wide receiver. But just like we talked about earlier, how accurate will Lamar be, especially since Sammy Watkins is kind of a streaky runner, more of a fast vertical guy. Uh, Jim Harbaugh also said the same day that, you know, Sammy Watkins is going to be a role player, a key role player in their offense. But what do you got, Danny? I'm a big ice pack on Sammy Watkins. You haven't been able to trust him his whole career. Kind of crazy to think that at Clemson, he was the number one guy over DeAndre Hopkins. And now you see how their careers have played out. But you can never trust him, even if he is healthy. You know, he'll have two games where he goes off, but the rest of the year he'll disappear or be hurt big ice pack here yeah i'm an ice pack on all of the ravens wide receivers unless you're getting good value like sammy Watkins dropped to me in the freaking 18th round in my slow draft so it's like i'm not gonna not take a guy in the 18th round who's projected to be the number two wide receiver on a team 
that's just great, great value. So, but I, I'm not taking a wide receiver from the Ravens unless it is a great value like that. Next, DeAndre Swift. His role is in trouble for sure. He pulled his groin and now is doubtful for week one. Jamal Williams, huge upgrade for him. As I was I was very high on Jamal Williams in the mid middle rounds in best ball. Now he's definitely gonna shoot way up to probably third through fifth round, I'm guessing, in a lot of these redrafts too. I think people will take him as their RB two because it does it now that DeAndre Swift isn't healthy, it put the ice pack on him. Yeah, I'm a big ice pack as well for just the Lions whole team outside of Hawkinson. If you if you get Hawkinson at a, at a good value, he'll be all right. But that the Lions are just in a complete rebuild right now. They have not a lot of weapons on that offense. Peterson came in with a day of practice last year and was their leading rusher. So I don't I don't trust any of these running backs with them. Same thing. I don't know how much Detroit's gonna effectively run the football at all, no matter who's back there. And I definitely don't think Jared Goff's going to be the guy to just carry the whole load the whole game. Next, we got Juju for posting that weird, weird uh, cringe TikTok of him having two baguettes for legs. Uh, Well, (laughs) it made me cringe a little bit, but I couldn't stop watching it. I watched it like 10 times in a row just to get that sick feeling (laughs) over and over again uh juju i wouldn't take him as well unless he's he's dropping to me at at good value for to be like my wide receiver four or five even how about you yeah i i'm gonna say i mean i don't think he's definitely not gonna blow up like he did the year with antonio brown but i'll say hot pack for where he's falling in drafts um first let me touch on the tiktok yeah that was so cringeworthy but like you i couldn't stop watching it it was well produced i think juju's got a career in hollywood when he's done with football but uh we but yeah so most drafts i've seen uh deontay johnson and claypool are coming off the board before juju so if you're getting juju real late especially in a ppr league He's gonna he's gonna get the most catches last year. He had what ninety ninety some catches. So even if he's not exploding, he's still gonna be, have the most consistent touches. So yeah. So ben, you know if ben he's, if he's has, has the most rapport with him out of anyone. Yeah. If Juju's gonna be a flex guy or you know a, a backup wide receiver, then and I'm a hot pack for that. For definitely, sure. Definitely don't reach on him. Juju, I, I hope people lay off of him. I hated to see people, everyone getting all salty at him for doing TikTok dances and shit. It's like the guy is growing a business outside of football and he's being authentically himself. And yeah, he's, he's not he's not apologizing for that either. He's he's making his own brand and he's gonna he's gonna make a lot of money. Plus plus he's in a he knows he's in a contract here. He signed that one year contract for the purpose of Cashing in on a bigger contract now that the salary cap's going to increase this this next off season, so he he definitely has a lot to prove and a lot of a lot of money banking on a productive season. So Juju 
it, for fantasy for the Steelers, three wide receivers, Juju's my number one, and then most drafts, people are considering him the number three. So for that reason, I'm a hot pack based on his ADP. I think they're going to force DeAndre or Deontay the ball a lot just to see if he still has the drops in him. I think he'll be tested early in the year. So I actually would put him higher up on DFS picks for the first few weeks here. I think Deontay gets a lot of targets to start out. And it obvious, obviously if he's catching the whatever his goal percentage is for Tomlin and the and the staff, he's going to keep getting a lot of targets. So, but like you said, they're all going to get targets. They're going to spread the ball around and hopefully run the ball a lot. Last one, Troutman, tight end for the Saints. I uh, drafted him in best ball, and then that article came out like 30 seconds later, I swear. But I got him in like the 18th round. So either way, he's got an ankle foot injury. They they weren't really clear about what it was. He's projected to play week one, though. They said it's nothing major. I think now that Jameis is starting quarterback, uh, he definitely liked hooking up with the tight ends in uh, Tampa Bay. So I think Troutman's got a lot of value. And now I did see him jumping up the board to this last couple days here now that Jameis got the start. Yeah, I tight ends are you know, outside of the first couple, once Kelsey, Kittle, and uh... – Aaron Waller are off. You know, there's a huge drop-off, and you can always find a tight end. So after that, don't reach on any tight ends. I think Troutman's a a, a good person to take a risk on. Uh, like I said in one of the earlier podcasts, with Winston being the quarterback, he's going to spray it. He doesn't. He, he's, he's a gunslinger. He'll throw picks, but he'll also put up numbers, so everybody's going to get their touches. With Michael Thomas out, you know, somebody's got to get some targets, so he's not a bad plug-and-play for... Yeah, but it's going to be distributed. He's yeah. not a, it's not a tight end. Whoever their tight end is is going to get targets. I don't know. I don't have anything else. Um, we... <laughs> I don't know either. We... <laughs> That's why the season needs to start, so we'll have more, uh, right. more yeah. topics to flow to. Yeah. I think it'll be a little bit easier once the season gets started. And our main topic today, tonight, whenever you're listening, uh, COVID. You probably don't want to hear about it anymore, and we don't really want to talk about it anymore, but COVID's here, and it looks like it's here to stay. And we are an injury and health-centric podcast, so I, I think we do have we're clearing the air here. I probably shouldn't have been as aggressive as I was a couple of weeks ago talking about COVID because I think a lot of people uh, don't know how to do the proper research or they have just made up their mind. And any research that is out there, no matter how legit or numerous it is, they have made up their mind and that is all false data. So I shouldn't be getting angry about that. I should just be trying to come up with solutions and how I can do my part to make the world a tiny bit better place in this shit show that the 21st century is. So anyway, in the NFL, uh, COVID hit the Titans hard again. Last year, they completely fucked the Steelers. Tyron sees it 
entire season up by getting COVID and making us play on like a Wednesday or some shit. And that's when everything started going downhill for us. But regardless, COVID has come back to bite the Titans in the balls. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill, coach Mike Vrabel, and uh, whatever, seven other people. They have COVID. Some were vaccinated. Some were not. I don't know who was, who wasn't. And so the GM is out here saying, you know, please just get the vaccine. It would it would really help, you know, if if you guys could just get the vaccine. And but but then he said they were 97 percent vaccinated on on campus. So it's like, well, those two statements don't really add up. So three percent of that entire building is maybe what? Is there 300 people working there? That would only be uh, three people then out of three or. Uh, sorry, nine people out of 300 to make 3%. So I, I don't know what he's talking about there. He kind of contra- contradicted himself. They they just need some hot chicken in their life. Of course, they should get it delivered, stay indoors, stay quarantined. Uh, but I think this totally fucks the Titans for week one. Any any thoughts on the Titans, Danny? Yeah, it's it's going to be an unpredictable year again because people are just going to randomly be missing practices and games, and obviously it it doesn't. It, lack of preparation is is not a good thing. I just hope it doesn't get to the point where they're rescheduling all these games and and we have Wednesday night football and Wednesday afternoon football like the Steelers had to play. Uh, I mean it's it's yeah. I I this just going to be. I hope it's not a nightmare again. I don't I don't know how many makeup games there were last year. It felt like there were three or four makeup games. And the Steelers were a part of two of them. But yeah, I, I don't three I don't think there, there was only three. I mean well, I'm I, saying Steelers were a part of three. Oh, they pushed geez, back yeah. the Titans game, they pushed back the Ravens game, and then they rescheduled the Washington football team game. Right. So I don't know. Let's just say there were five. We probably should have had that number, but roughly five rescheduled games. And I, I could see that being about about probably what it would be again this year. Uh, there's, no, there's no way they go through 18 weeks without one game having to be rescheduled from this because this is like the third or fourth team in two weeks that they've had positive guys. But I guess every other team could have played their game except for the Titans here. So it is what it is. And then finally with it, Cole Beasley's tweet, he responded to uh, McKenzie, Isaiah McKenzie, other wide receiver who got caught by the NFL official who was there on campus on their facility to literally go over the COVID protocol and do a safety speech. And then like an hour after that speech or a couple hours after he sees Isaiah McKenzie without a mask on in the hallway around other people. It's like, what are you doing, dude? And he tweeted, they got me and put a laughing face. So it's like, yeah, they got your 14,000 bucks too, dude. But um, so Cole Beasley responded, they got me too. His tweet states as follows, don't worry, they got me too, but I was wearing a mask when I was in close contact with fully vaccinated trainer who, that's athletic trainer to you, who tested positive and still got sent home. 
So what's the point of the mask anyways? Meanwhile, I'm here still testing negative and can't come back. Make it make sense. Well, Cole, I'm going to try to make it make sense to you and the other seven people listening to this. The First of all, I'm sorry to everybody that the government totally politicized this thing and made it about having the freedom to rebel against the masks or either wear the mask or don't, and no one should have to tell you what to do when the masks would actually probably help if everyone had one on all the time around when within six feet of other people, because the masks are standard precautions in hospital systems. This is a standard droplet precaution. COVID is spread through the microscopic droplets or the big droplets in your mouth when you laugh, cough, breathe, speak, little tiny droplets are always coming out of your mouth. And when you sneeze, droplets are coming out. COVID's in those droplets. The mask is a physical barrier that catches those droplets. And so it only protects people if the person who has COVID, knowingly or unknowingly, uh, if they are wearing the mask, then it protects those droplets from largely from spreading out to other people. That is why the NFL should just remandate the masks, and I have a feeling they are. I have a feeling a lot of a lot of cities already have. I think a lot of places and states are gonna go back to like a soft mask mandate. I don't know. They they won't make it clear. Anyway. My point is, if everyone was wearing the mask, I think there'd be a lot less cases. But here we are. Okay, so that answers your mask question, Cole. Now on to why he was, why you're still testing negative and why you're still sitting at home. COVID can incubate in a person and not show up for the test. You know, within, by now, they, I think they have it down to two or three days. So, if you're negative three or three days in a row, yada, 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 you're, you should be good. But this is also a new Delta variant, which these tests were not made to be specific for or sensitive to. So that's why you have to get a couple negative tests before people send you back out in front of other people. So with those two things down, you are... All out of questions, Cole. I think I, I answered everything. I hope you listened. I hope you enjoy the Return to Play podcast and our Twitter at Return to Play Pod. So the NFL does need to make these masks either completely mandated for everyone in the building and everywhere, or they just need to make it completely optional, which would be the stupid thing to do. So if you're going to run a business, either make because it stigmatizes the people who haven't gotten vaccinated because if the vaccinated people are allowed to take their masks off and you are not, you're going to get fined for not taking your mask off. That immediately identifies people as being a non-vaccinated person and it stigmatizes those people and, and points them out, which is probably what they're trying to do. They're probably trying to guilt players into getting it by, with that method. And also the, the Pfizer vaccine is, isn't perfect. It's over 90% effective, but it's not perfect and there are breakout cases, but just in my local hospital here for the county, I think it was like 260 people are now in our hospital with, with COVID and that's so every bed is full and only uh, less than 15% of those people 
had a vaccine. But to me, that 15% of 260 people is still, that's an alarming number for people to be hospitalized who had a vaccine and and are still hospitalized from this Delta variant. So we are going to need booster shots, just like how they tr- give us a flu shot every year to protect us against what flus are going to be popping up that year. COVID is going to keep replicating. It's going to keep uh, mutating and we will need booster shots. And eventually I think they will have it down enough where they can start to predict this is years away. COVID's going to be here for years. They're going to be able to start to predict maybe how to prevent against the next strain of COVID with your booster shot, but you're going to need an annual booster shot. It's just what's going to be needed to, to defend ourselves against COVID. So Danny, I know I kind of covered everything there, but you, you had a couple interesting points as well with this. Yeah. Here's my take. So like you touched on it, it, I mean, it's, this isn't like the small, smallpox virus where it's, you know, you make a vaccine for it, and now it's eradicated from the earth. These viruses mutate, and there's variants. It's just like the flu. There's going to be, you know, new strains every year, and we have a new shot every year. COVID's going to be here for years and years now. I mean, it's not going away. Some strains are going to be more serious than others. NFL just has to figure its shit out and and be consistent with it. You know, are you, you're mandating all this stuff this year. Are you going to mandate it every single year, year after year after year? And are we going to be consistently holding players out, rescheduling games? You know, you can't convince these guys to take the shot once. You're not going to convince them to get the booster shot every single year. Um, I, I, you know, eventually we have to, they got to figure, you just have, you, we can't deal with this every single year. The NFL just has to figure out what they want to do and be consistent with it you know and you have and the rules are so you know you have fully vaccinated people asymptomatic and they're testing positive and now they're missing time and everybody who's close to them are missing time are we going to deal with this forever they just have i it's i, I don't i don't know what the answer <laughs> it's is twisted. I, uh, say that again it's got you twisted Oh yeah, <laughs> and I just want to get back to a normal football season. I don't want to worry about is my player going to play on Wednesday and which week is that going to count for and who's by are they moving? Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, there's a bunch of terrible things happening in the world right now, but God damn it, football can't can't be one of them. <laughs> just make football just, right. <laughs> just get it over with. But it's not going anywhere. And nobody takes the flu vaccine every year. So you're not going to get these guys to take the booster every year. I don't know what the answer is. Smarter people than me have to figure that out. I think... Don't quit quit messing with my fantasy, man. I think uh, the herd's going to thin a little bit here on Earth. And uh, whether that was nature or man-made, it's it's moot point to argue about who who or what started the virus. and. Who or what is uh, making you wear a mask? Just think for yourself and do the sensible thing, it, you know. But actually, read read some shit from people who went to school for this shit. Don't just go if you're only going on Facebook or social media or articles with no references in them. 
opinion articles that just take anecdotal evidence as in this one person got this rare disease from the vaccine. Why aren't we talking about this? Well, the vaccine was given to a billion people. So, you know, a few people are going to have an adverse reaction. We're all different. And that's just the way all vaccines work and and how medicine has kind of worked for a long time. I think we should all be more grateful and more celebratory of the healthcare field and not just that we're the ones going to work still in the middle of a pandemic and being the at the highest risk of exposure. Not only that, but uh, the very smart people doing the research are literally saving a ton of lives by getting the vaccine out within a year and and all of this and that. So that that was a much more docile and I feel educated and informative talk about COVID where two weeks ago, I just went on a vodka and fueled rant about COVID. <laughs> Let me make one more point here. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've all had dozens of vaccines in our life. Vaccines are good. Vaccines have some have serious, very rare, but yes, side effects. You've had, you know, we've all had dozens of vaccines in our life. Um, when you give out, you know, a billion vaccines, there's going to be a couple people who have some side effects from it. I mean, that's just that's just what it is. Um, but the NFL just has to figure out what it's doing, be consistent. You know, are you going to when if Patrick Mahomes test positive for COVID on the eve of the AFC championship, are you going to treat Mahomes the same way you're going to treat Cole Beasley, you know, or, you know, all the games they rescheduled for the Ravens last year when Lamar Jackson was sick. Are you going to treat Lamar Jackson the same way you treat Cole Beasley or, you know, your, your bench warmer? We just have to be consistent with this shit, obviously be reasonable and protect yourself and others. It's, it's not going away. Yeah. Objective criteria is what they need. And just going back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, there are side effects, although very rare. I just like you, like Steve touched on about it being politicized. I just wish, that, you know, you have all these Facebook and Twitter notifications that are obvious. They're all saying, you know, oh, the vaccines are proven safe and there's no side effects. I wish they would just admit, like, you can get sick. It's very, very, very rare. Very, very, very rare but you can get sick. Like, just be honest about it, but it's for the greater good. You know what I mean? Like, you can get sick from the, you know, measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, but we've all had it and we're all here and we're all fine and no one has measles, mumps, rubella. The the problem is the, the CD, that that is exactly what's on the CDC website, but no one trusts our, our government health agency. And then social media wants to hijack it and make it their own thing but it's not ne- it's it's never ending and it's just everybody's got to be one extreme or the other all right let's let's get right into some gambling let's enough of that covid shit uh let's talk about some greasy dirty preseason gambling that's what we're all here for we save it for the end so hopefully you stick around i am yeah I'm going to the Panthers-Steelers game, like I mentioned at the top. And I'm going to take the over 35. Dwayne Haskins is going to start the game, and I'm guessing he's going to play 
the first half and maybe they're going to see how he comes out into the third quarter, maybe do a series in the third quarter. So he's got to produce to win that QB two job. I know he's going against the Panthers starters. I think he has a chance though, to put 10 points on the board and in the first uh, half and then the, the next series in the second half. So if he's putting up 10, I think, Uh, Then the Panthers starting offense is going to be in for at least the first quarter, maybe into the first half. I think that he did say uh, they were going to play the the whole first half and maybe into the third quarter even. So I think there's some points on the board there as this is kind of like the dress rehearsal for week one. And they expect those guys to be pretty sharp out there. The ones are supposed to be pretty sharp on, on the thing on the on the field in week three here so over 35 for the panthers and that's and then also i'm going to take the chiefs minus four at the vikings because uh andy reed's playing his starters for the entire first half and the vikings are the vikings so those are my two picks dan you got any uh gambling picks i do like the the steelers panthers over as well I think Haskins has a lot to prove. So I, for for whatever reason, I just have this hunch that Mason Rudolph's going to be the number two. I think Haskins really wants that. And you know, I, Mason Rudolph has had it. He's had his opportunity. He's he gets more shit than he deserves. I, he'll be in the league for a long time, bouncing around as a backup. But well, Arthur Motes brought up a good point yesterday where he said um, Landry Jones lost his job to Mason Rudolph in the same exact position where they let Landry Jones sit week three and Mason. And he took, he took that job from uh, Landry Jones and now he will be the one resting week three, assumedly, having a roster spot and then uh Mr. Haskins could take his job just like he entered the Steelers. But I think you're I think you're right. I think the Steelers are planning on having three quarterbacks this season and those are the three. But Haskins still has to prove himself to even to just be that third guy then. I think Haskins on his second chance he knows plus he's in a great situation. If this is Ben's last year and Haskins can inherit this you know he's he's upgraded from Washington at that point, and you know if he if he plays great, he'll get he'll get the contract that he wants. And so I think Haskins has a lot to prove. It's the last preseason game. A lot of these guys are fighting for a spot. I think we're going to see more more scoring than your general preseason game. And the offense has been more productive with they've scored more with Haskins and Dobbs in there compared to with Rudolph in there. So I do like that over as well. I just I just slapped two units down on over thirty five while you were talking. So had a boy, two unit bet on the over. We'll see how it goes. And then of course we have our soccer draw of the week, sticking with the English Premier League. And by the way, I'm a, a Man City fan, and I don't know if I really want Cristiano Ronaldo on my team. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's great striker and a great forward, but. I, Blasphemy. Uh, I'm more of a messy guy, which they they were just they just got rid of Mbappe. I think I read, so that's kind of crazy. And 
what is it? Uh, Pierre Saint Germain and Man City got placed in the same group for Champions League, so they will be facing off once, if not twice, again in the final. Because if if Man City does get Ronaldo, uh, I'd be hard pressed to see them not making making the finals against these other clubs. But that's far away. So my <laughs> to get back to it, my draw of the week is not Manchester City. It is West Ham versus Crystal Palace. That game screams draw to me Saturday at 10 a.m. How about you? Yeah, back to back to Ronaldo. He, that's not my draw of the week, but everybody who knows me knows I'm gay for Ronaldo. I don't have any ties to any European clubs, so I just follow Ronaldo where he goes, and I, I would like him to go to Man City. I think that'd be fun. Um, get to see him go head-to-head against Pulisic a couple times a year. But my draw of the week, I'm going to go. So we got a uh, final round of CONCACAF World Cup qualifying. Uh, everybody, all seven of our listeners who know me know how passionate I am about U.S. men's national team. Um, it's been a great summer. Won the Won the Nations League, won the Gold Cup. Always look great in those, and then when it comes to World Cup qualifying, we like to shit to bed. So uh, next Thursday, we open up the final round of World Cup qualifying at El Salvador. El Salvador looked good in the uh, in the Gold Cup, U.S. against these uh, Central American teams. We tend to struggle on the road for whatever reason in, in World Cup qualifying, so as, as pissed as I'm going to be about it, I'm going to take... U.S. at El Salvador draw in World Cup qualifying. You'll see it. You'll see an angry Twitter rant from me. Mm-hmm. Mostly, this is reverse psychology, but I know some, they're going to do something that's going to piss me off. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I guess I could. Uh, I guess I don't know too much about our men's national team and the international game as much. Put a percentage, one through a hundred, on USA qualifying for World Cup. This is the we are so talented right now. We, this is the best soccer team of my lifetime. I mean, we Whoa. obviously with it, 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 it really. I mean, we you know with Landon and Dempsey and Tim Howard on their primes. I mean, that was a great U.S. team. But this the the depth that we have right now the now compared to twenty years ago the youth development that we have there are so many great young kids that are playing overseas now you know kids that are going over as teenagers uh, Pulisic McKinney Gio Reyna I mean veterans like John Brooks and Yedlin um, the, yeah no one knows who they are Ricardo Pepe the the 18 year old that they just brought up he, he's, he was an MLS all-star I mean we have I, I can go on naming all these guys the, tw- the 26 man, I mean we have we have no excuse to lose t- we opened up 2018 uh, World Cup qualifying we opened up with Mexico and Costa Rica got what? smoked what? both games what percentage do you have I, let on? me <laughs> let me get to this I gotta finish my rant we opened up with Mexico and Costa Rica and got absolutely smoked both games start off with two losses which is hard to come back from we did come back from it we were in perfect position all we had to do was tie Trinidad and we fucking didn't and I'm still not over it this cycle, it's, I mean, it's a 100% lock. If you can't finish top three in CONCACAF with the talent that they have on this team, 
they're gonna go in and draw El Salvador. I know it, and I'm gonna be fucking pissed about it. I'm already pissed about it, and it's still a week away. But they they need to, they they open up with uh, El Salvador and then Canada at home. You know that has to be two two wins. They have no excuse. It's a hundred percent lock. You you can't finish outside of top three in Concacaf, especially Costa Rica's not very good right now compared to what they've been over the past decade. So I mean, it's an a hundred percent lock. And if it's not, then someone needs to be fired or hanged for treason the or whole something. Thing up. Yeah, I mean it's and then and then the third game, the third. So they they have three games in September and third games at Honduras, which is a another. For whatever reason, on the road in World Cup qualifying, we we struggle against these uh, Central American teams. I, I don't know why. You know, it's always tough to play on the road, especially in international soccer. You're, it's different than traveling from Cleveland to Pittsburgh. You're traveling time zones away and and countries away. But we struggle on the road against these Central American countries. But the schedule is so in our favor this year. They should open up with three wins, and then they can coast to the World Cup after that. You you have no excuse to to lose or even draw to El Salvador, Canada, or Honduras, but they'll find a way somehow. And stay stay tuned on Twitter. I think we're a soccer podcast now. We've turned into <laughs> and we 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 never specified which football. That's true. I like the soccer talk, and I think this is great going into next year to have you um, give the people some some sharp picks on international soccer for these games leading up to the World Cup next summer. So with all that said, football is three weeks away. No. Oh, my God, it's two weeks away. Oh, man, time's flying. My fucking boards test is coming up right around the corner. Oh, I'm so I'm so unprepared, I feel. There's so much stuff. Uh, fuck my life. But you out there, listener, you have a great – Great weekend. I'm going to have a great time in Charlotte and stay healthy.